0: How about a vacation to a place that boasts the largest national park? Or a place that offers the largest coastline? Or how about a destination that offers the longest day and night? Well, all of that and more is available in the 49th state in the U.S. Alaska is the focus of episode 43, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny. Danny. The go-to podcast for families on the move
0: welcome everyone i'm rob and i'm danny and this is episode 43 of the family vacationer we're so excited because we're starting a new series on bucket list locations before we start the show though please do us a favor and hit the subscribe button so you can be with us on every episode you can also join us for more content on facebook instagram and youtube now i think we all know there's so much pent-up demand to travel People have been in their homes for a year now. Everybody's ready to get out and see what they can see. And I think everyone has been making and maybe remaking their list of places that they want to go. There's no better place to start a series on bucket list destinations than talking about Alaska. This beautiful destination offers so much to see and do that you could literally vacation there for the rest of your life and continually have a new experience every day. Adventure, history, culture, fishing, hiking, wildlife. We could go on
2: and on and on. So let's take a look at the history of the 49th state. Alaska was purchased from Russia in 1867. And in the 1890s, gold rushes brought thousands of miners and settlers to Alaska and the nearby Yukon Territory. A territorial status was granted in 1912 and statehood in 1959. The discovery of oil at Protoway bay and the construction of the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline in 1977 brought an oil boom and a battle between development and conservationism. Now, the cruise industry has its own rich history with Alaska. Visitors have been cruising to the area since the 1880s. Cruise season in Alaska runs from mid-May to mid-September, with mid-June to mid-July being peak season for some due to the weather and the long daylight hours. Now, before the pandemic, Alaska had over a million cruise visitors a year. 2019 was its biggest cruise season ever, with an estimated 1.33 million visitors, which was up 14% to the previous year. Now, obviously, the pandemic and cruise restrictions have greatly affected tourism, especially by cruise ship. Small ship cruise has resumed, and we look forward to a full resumption of sailing in Alaska in the very near future. All right, so joining
0: us today to talk about Alaska is Tia Fraley. As a lifelong Alaskan, Tia knows her home like the back of her hand. Her love for the outdoors and adventure has allowed her to explore the amazing state of Alaska. Tia has worked in the Alaska tourism industry for over 20 years with companies like Gray Line of Alaska, Holland America Cruise Line, and the Hotel Alaska, Alaska's premier year-round resort. She currently works for Visit Anchorage as part of the tourism development and sales team for the past eight years. Tia, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for having me today.
0: So we're starting a new series on bucket list destinations, and we're starting with Alaska. So let's start with the first question. What makes Alaska an attractive family travel destination?
1: Oh, that is a fantastic question. First of all, I want to say there's two types of travelers that come to Alaska. One, that it is their bucket list. We hear that a lot as Alaska is that destination. But then after they come, we hear of the second one, which is those that can't wait to come back. So we'll uh, talk about some of those reasons why you might want to come back after that bucket list trip. But why Anchorage and Alaska is amazing for family travel is glaciers, wildlife, mountains that is what you want to see here that's what we have a lot of and the great outdoors and what a great place to have the kids run around on our trail systems play in our 223 parks in and around the municipality of anchorage and you know maybe go on an urban safari to go looking for those moose or go out to the reindeer farm where you can actually kiss a moose so that is possible so right. lots of lots of options for families here to to get outdoors and enjoy their time together Yeah, so
2: what are some of the popular areas for families to visit in Alaska?
1: Popular areas, that's a great question. Anchorage is sometimes a little overlooked, I want to say, because they think of it as the largest city of Alaska, which it is. Mm -hmm. But it's urban and wild. So it has all the amenities that you're going to want from a city, a variety of different hotels to choose from, activities, galore. And right outside is the wilderness in the trail system. So, And then the, the culinary scene, the dining scene is amazing in our outdoor concerts in the summer. So there's so much just here in Anchorage that uh, people don't realize, and we're surrounded by six mountain ranges. We're right on Cook Inlet. But some of the other popular areas is probably traveling a little south of Anchorage, which are hitting the towns of Girdwood and Whittier and Seward, you know, go fishing and go looking for the whales and the glaciers. Or if you want to head north, you go to the fun towns of Palmer and Wasilla and they get up to Denali National Park. So we do know that national parks are on a lot of people's bucket list for coming into the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. And we have eight national parks here in Alaska. So a great place to come and check off those national parks.
2: Well, I'm kind of curious about the dining. You mentioned that Rob and I are, you know, you know we're aficionados when it comes to eating. So what, what is Alaska <laughs> dining like?
1: <laughs> we're actually a bigger food scene than most people expect us to be. our, options of course the first thing you think of Alaska you think of seafood which makes sense we have crab legs and halibut and fresh wild salmon shrimp prawns scallops oysters clams you name it you got it always fresh never frozen but then the culinary diversity that we have here too because we have three of the most diverse high schools in the u.s that speak over a hundred different languages well that brings this whole new culture right exactly but surprising and so then if you do want a good German meal or Korean meal, you know, we have those options as well. But you can't forget to try a reindeer sausage. That oh, is my. what we eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner here. And you'll see these hot dog carts all up and down 4th Avenue that sell them. So you've got to try
0: one. Definitely got to go on the list
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought of that before, huh? No. no, no. And then just... And then just all the wild berries that we have here, too. So if you're looking at some uh, desserts, anything that says a wild Alaska berries on them, a great berry cobbler that has blueberries, cranberries, or salmon berries, raspberries, blackberries, is always delicious as well.
0: Well, you're talking to two guys from the South, so when it comes to cobbler, yeah, I don't want to speak for Dan, (laughs) but I'm all in for that. We are
2: experts.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. And a lot of our restaurants serve our to table, too. So a lot of people are surprise of our agriculture area just north of Anchorage in Palmer and Wasilla. So that is where all of our fresh vegetables and grains and meats come from. So a lot of farm-to-table freshness here as well as that fresh seafood. Awesome.
0: Well, you know, a lot of people associate when they think of travel to Alaska, they think of cruising. And obviously, COVID has put a kink in, in that plan. But I was excited to learn about the Alaskan Railroad. As a very exciting way of seeing the state. Can you talk a little bit about
1: the railroad? Absolutely. The railroad is iconic to Alaska. That's kind of how we got started. So Anchorage, you know, it was a tent city back in 1915 as they built the Alaska railroad. So, so we saved them and it's our main transportation here in Alaska. So from it starts in Seward is mile zero and it goes all the way up to Fairbanks, which is mile 500. But from Anchorage, it leaves daily with three different departures. So they have two that head south of Anchorage. One is called the Discovery, or we call it the Disco Train. And that's gonna hit the towns, you're gonna leave from Anchorage and hit the towns of Girdwood. You're gonna go into Whittier. Then you can go out to Spencer Glacier, which is the only way to get to Spencer Glacier and then into Grandview. So it's a great day train to take for a ton of different adventures. And then they have one that goes that's called the Coastal Classic that leaves from Anchorage and will get you all the way to the town of Seward. So those are great options that head south of Anchorage, whether you want a day trip or you want to go overnight in one of our fun little towns and then take the train back the next day. And then we have the Denali Star that leaves from Anchorage every day and then heads north, and that is going to go to the towns of Palmer and Wasilla, Talkeetna, Denali National Park, and in Fairbanks. At the same time, they have a sister train that leaves from Fairbanks and heads to Anchorage. So you're constantly back and forth north between Fairbanks and Anchorage on the Denali Star. And then you have those great options of going south on daily departures for whether you want to do wildlife viewing, go on any type of glacier day boat cruise, whether it's adventurous or not. You can go kayaking, rafting, you know, go down, uh, the Placer River and then meet up with the train again. So it is just a really great way To see Alaska, you can sit back. They have tour guides that are local tour guides that they train from our local high schools. And engineers have been with them for 20-plus years, and it's just they stop when they see wildlife. It's not a fast-moving train either. It's a very leisurely train. It goes maximum speed of 49 miles per hour because they're going the same way as our road system. So we're going around, you know, We're going around uh, glaciers and rivers, and, you know, we don't have any straight highways here. It's always you're bending around the mountains and seeing amazing scenery. So, again, a great way to kick back and have lunch on board. Um, They have an amazing dining car as well or dinner, depending on what route you're on. But it does take a little bit of time to travel on them. So just know it does take a little bit longer to travel on our train than it does the car, but it's you don't have to worry about driving.
0: That's a good excuse to relax and enjoy the scenery.
1: That's exactly right, and it runs in the wintertime as well. It's called the Aurora Train, so if you want to head up north and catch those beautiful Northern Lights, it is also possible by the Alaska Railroad, which has been phenomenal this year. The Northern Lights in Alaska are one of the best in the world.
2: That sounds amazing. That sounds like a yeah, like a really cool way to see the, the state. That's awesome. So what are some of those really unique lodging opportunities that Alaska offers?
1: Yeah, when you say unique, that is definitely Alaska in a nutshell, right? <laughs> we are very unique in so many different ways, and it also comes as well as our lodging. So in Anchorage, just as a big city, we have anything from historic hotels, boutique style, bed and breakfast, uh, you know, of course, the beautiful family-owned hotel, Captain Cook, and then any of the major brand hotels, the Marriott, the Hilton, the Hyatt, all available here in Anchorage. As you start to go to these smaller little that we have some unique ones if you head to seward there's one called Orca island cabins so these are unique yurts that have um that's on a very special island so you're just right on the like the mountainside, looking into resurrection bay and then they offer you know your fishing poles you have kayaks and pal boardings you know you have your skiffs you can do a campfire you can do hiking but you're in this yurt just on the beautiful side of a mountain right there in out of seward in resurrection bay Or you can go to What's called The Alpenglow Luxury Camping So that new glamping That everyone's looking for So you can stay (laughs) In one of those Like You know Canvas type tents And it overlooks Madness Glacier So you literally Sit on your little porch And you sip on your coffee In the morning And there's Madness Glacier Just right outside Your tent And then they have a Great little gathering area that has, you know, a cedar hot tub and outdoor walking area. They have cornhole and lawn areas and a big bonfire and you can kind of take over that whole area as a, as a family, which is really cool. Or maybe you want a big wow. I think this is kind of our, this is where like the movie stars we consider go to or those that are looking for a super unique place to stay. It's called the Sheldon Chalet. You actually go by helicopter, and you land in the Don Chilton Amphitheater of Denali. Like, you're right wow. there in Mount Denali. Yeah, Absolutely. you're right there on Ruth's Glacier. You're 10 miles from the summit. It's this octagon-shaped chalet. I think the maximum people is 10. You have gourmet meals during the day. The aurora viewing, talk about the aurora viewing from there, is spectacular. And then you can go snowshoeing and ice climbing and skiing, you know, just depending on what time of year it is. So, truly spectacular and that's called the Sheldon Chalet and then we have other locally owned lodges such as like within the wild they have two unique lodges there's the Winter Lake Lodge which is right at the entrance of the Alaska Range and they have Tucka Bay Lodge which is in Tachemak Bay which is out of Homer so it just depends on if you're looking for that mountain or you're looking for that water getaway with a gourmet chef she is a renowned chef here and she'll cook for you and have different cooking lessons there too but then again all the you know outdoor experiences you want from those and that's just to name a few i could go on and on and on we have lots Just i always say what what do you want to see your accommodations as because a lot of people are like oh i want high-end we experience we we say our high-end hotels here are more about the experience than the the linens and the, the fancy tables, you know stuff mm. yes exactly about <laughs> <laughs> so getting out outdoors and the experience that you're going to have at these different lodges
0: it feels like if you're going to alaska the name of the place you're staying should have Lodge in the title. That's just me. Yeah,
2: right. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) A lot of them do, for sure. Right,
2: yeah.
1: It's either going to be lodge or cabins. You know, And a lot of people are like, ooh, I don't know if I can do a cabin. And I'm like, well, you could have a dry cabin if you really wanted to not have any running water. But we also have these amazing, beautiful cabins that have everything you need in this wilderness setting.
0: It just sounds amazing. Well, circling back to cruising for just a second. I know we're sure. still at a standstill with the with the major ships, but has small ship cruising, has that resumed in Alaska?
1: We do have a couple small ships that will resume. So there's one called Uncruise Alaska and Alaska Dream Cruises that we know. We also know Lynn Blast is going to be operating their cruises as well. So those are kind of the three that we know for sure are operating, and we're hoping a few more will be added to that. We're just that large ship with your Florence, Florence Flag-owned, it's just not possible right now with the Canadian border being closed.
0: Right. Well, that, that still gives people an option if they if they you know absolutely want to cruise into the state. Which, again, just seeing some pictures and video of of cruising in Alaska, it just looks like a once-in-a-lifetime experience.
1: And it is. And we do have, even if they come and do just a land package, there's those day boat cruises that offer a lot of the same things. So, of course, you're not going to be, you know, dining, you know, five times a day. It's only going <laughs> to be about five and a half hours. But at the same time, we have cruises that you'll see 26 glaciers in a half-day cruise. They still serve you a meal. You're looking for all the wildlife, the whales, the sea otters, the sea lions, the migratory birds. But then you're, you know, back in like six hours and you just said, oh, I checked off this on my list, this on my list, and this mm. on my list. And I would say when you're on a day boat cruise, it's it's kind of the difference of if you open your back door and you look at your dog, right? That's how close that glacier is going to be. If you're on a cruise, you open that same back door. It's like being on the top of a skyscraper and then looking down at your dog. Right. If that makes sense. In comparison, because these small boats can get right up close to these glaciers where you can actually hear the snap, crackle, pop. And it's not going to be your cereal. It's actually going to be that calving (laughs) off of that glacier, you know. So it's just, it's a whole different experience. So you can still get that cruising into a land package. But, of course, yeah, a seven-day cruise on your favorite, you know, Princess Hall in America celebrity they're different experiences but we can still make it happen in 2021
0: sure and a lot of families now are are more interested in you know trying to embed in the culture learn the culture and that's Mm -hmm. difficult to do on one of these bigger cruise ships so if you can give up the eating five times a day (laughs) the land package might be you know a way to actually experience more of authentic alaska
1: i always say that too i mean if If a person has at least 14 days and you can do a cruise and a land package, that's always the best of seeing Alaska because Alaska is so big. We have, what, 365 million acres. And so you can see, I always say, break it up in five different regions. We have five regions of Alaska. So southeast is where all those cruises go. And that's going to be a lot like the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into South Central, that's where Anchorage is, the largest city, and we have all this wilderness and, you know, just Fun outdoor festivals and concerts and, you know, markets happening. And then the further north you get into the interior, you're now into Denali National Park in Fairbanks where, you know, it's known for the gold mining. And it's going to get flatter up there. It's going to get hotter up there. And then you get up into the Arctic and you get into one of our 200 rural native villages and go across the Arctic Circle. That's a whole different experience that you're going to see no trees and you're actually, you know, still live an obsolete style lifestyle. Or you go into that southwest and now you're going into the two of my favorite national parks, which is Katmai and Lake Clark National Park. But that's also where I'm sure you've seen the show, Deadliest Fish is uh, filmed. <laughs> that's where a lot of our, that's where a lot of our seafood comes from. So I'm, there's like these five different regions. So if you can, you know, truly try to see all five regions and you really have seen Alaska, but we also understand it depends on how much time you have to do that because of how large Alaska is. If you, Put us on top of a map of the Lower 48, we're one fifth the size, so that gives you an idea of how large yeah. Alaska is. Yeah.
0: So, so what it sounds like you're saying is a bucket list trip easily translates into many more visits, just to be able to see, just yeah. to, the just to hit the tip <laughs> of the iceberg. If I can make a bad pun, so. <laughs>
1: Well, that's right. A lot of people that um, the first time in Alaska, when they think of Alaska, they think they have to do a cruise. And when they do that cruise, they are blown away. You know, right. I've had so many people come and say, wow, I had no idea how amazing that was. But now I looked at a map and I feel like that was the starter kit of really actually seeing Alaska. Right. And we get that because yeah. there's just so much more to go see and experience. And like you said, authentic, once you get on the land and kind of really meet the people, that's a big takeaway that people say that people here are so friendly and we, I think it's because we don't have, I always kid because I grew up here, is that there's not a lot of, our population is under a 1,000 for all this land, so if we know when new people are here. We're like, ooh, they have a map in hand, I'm going to go talk to them, you know, we just are so, like, excited to, like, share our knowledge about our state and what they want to do and make sure they know uh, our local favorites, so...
2: Well, you know, a while ago you mentioned something about festivals and that sort of thing. Can you tell us some of those family-friendly events, festivals that do go on in the state?
1: Sure, absolutely. We have them year-round, so there's almost something going on each month. And what we finished here in February and March we had it is our big winter carnival, which is called the Fur Rendezvous. So we celebrate with goofy activities that you can do in the wintertime, such as snowball fights or out. Uh, house races or we have dog sled races we also have running with the reindeer and we have different categories for that we have snow sculptures and just a parade and carnival we actually set up you know a ferris wheel and all those rides to do in the middle of, of february and kids are out there galore it's a, a different take on it and that leads into the iditarod uh, the iditarod is our one professional sport we have this huge ceremonial start in downtown anchorage and that's always that first saturday in march and in 2022, it's going to be the 50th running of this last great race. And wow. if any kids know that the show Balto, it's kind of based off of that, that movie. So in downtown, it's on Fourth Avenue. Every two minutes, the mushers take off. You get to cheer them on. There's music. There's hot cocoa given away and some little, will throw out the booties from the dogs, and you can actually interact with the mushers. So it's a really super fun. A to come out and cheer on our, our, our athletes, which are the dogs and their, their mushers. And then as we head into summer, we have a huge summer solstice in June because June is when we're hitting that 22 hours of daylight. So we celebrate right. that that daylight that we have here. So uh, again, we close down downtown. We have all these different activities for you know very family friendly events, food trucks, and we just enjoy being outdoors for you're going to be up you know 24 hours. You you, you don't <laughs> go to sleep that day because you don't have to. You forget what time it is. <laughs> we also have a, a huge. Marist Midnight Sun Race. A lot of people come in for our marathon, but they also have a a kid's mile for that, and and that happens in June. And then in July, we have the 4th of July, we have a Bear Paw Festival. It's kind of a small local bedroom community of Anchorage that has all these fun games for kids, and it's a weekend long festival that we have. And then there's another one called Forest Fair in Girdwood, which is south of Anchorage, and that's like, it's literally the fair that's embedded in this this forest there because it's in a rainforest so the trees are really mossy and green and super cool and they have you know kids can create their own arts and you know make their own alaska like where to, to take back and and maybe work with one of our alaska natives to to make a basket and then in august we have our state fair our state fair is in palmer and that is just talk about a hometown feel to a to a fair that is the alaska fair and Great music. We grow vegetables again out in the valley, so we always have a big competition. The largest pumpkin so far in the winter was over 2,000 pounds. Our, you know, mm-hmm. we have lettuce that was over 138 pounds. Wow. So it's just like a fun, quirky, but really cool outdoor two weeks that lead in, into the Labor Day weekend so on top of that we have markets concerts, fairs going on we have something that happens right in downtown every monday it's called music for the for the little ones so they can they bring in local artists and they play music in the park at noon for every lunch hour and there's live up after five in town square so there's always something going on in the summertime here which is beautiful
0: yeah, it just, it just sounds like one visit isn't going to be enough. So uh,
1: <laughs> I think, I think I
0: told you, um, through email that no, Alaska is one of the absolutely four, Alaska is one of the four states that I've yet to, to travel to. And it sounds like I just need to get out of the mindset that it's going to be a one trip deal. It seems like it needs to be a multiple trip kind of deal. So that's great.
1: That is very true, Rob. Very true mm-hmm. that you say that. Cause a lot of people think they have to say that, say that I got to wait till I, like, to go to Alaska. I just got to wait. And it's like, why, if anything we've learned from this year is why wait, you know, right. maybe not make it the big, big Alaska trip that you first dreamt of, maybe make it a, in right. smaller portions, you know?
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, we've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this and someday soon, we're not going to have to talk about this at all, hopefully, but uh, understanding that we're still in the COVID era and that it's affected yeah. some of the traditional travel to Alaska, like, you know, we mentioned cruising. What COVID restrictions are in place that travelers should be aware of when when they're traveling to Alaska?
1: Absolutely. And a great resource is the, uh, our website, Anchorage.net, because we're constantly keeping it up to date. But so far, we've kind of had the same COVID restrictions starting as of February. So we have remained open throughout all of COVID. So let's just start with that. So once everything started shutting down, we figured out as a state, how can we stay open in a safe manner?
2: Right. And
1: we used to require a the PCR COVID test 72 hours prior to departure. So you'd have to show your results when you got here. As of February of 2021, our governor has lifted that. So it is not mandatory. It is recommended just for your own safety and for our own safety that you do do that. But it's again, it's recommended not mandatory before it was mandatory. And then, of course, when you get here, it's going to be like most of the other states. We are still wearing our masks on any indoor activities or tours. Once you're outside, of course, we have all the space. You can take it off and enjoy the fresh air that we have here. And then just, you know, minding the space, right, just keeping that space uh, six feet apart. A lot of our tour operators are operating at a reduced capacity just to kind of give more space to. We're not going to see those packed tours anymore, at least in 2021. Right. But then what's kind of been really creative is that our downtown area was able to move into the streets before we had to keep them open because we had so many people here. Well, now our restaurants and retails, we've closed certain uh, downtown streets and they've moved outdoors. And then they've added a big chess board or hula hoops or music. And so we're really taking what we should have been doing all of this time is advantage of that midnight sun that we have and the outdoor areas space that we have to make it possible for our restaurants to have higher capacity by having those tables outside. Plus, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys have seen these, but we have igloos where you can dine in an igloo. Oh, so wow. I think that's perfect for Alaska, right? Because that's yeah. what everyone seems to live in anyways. Yeah. But now you can actually, a couple of our restaurants yeah. have these really cool igloos where right, you can dine right. in an igloo with your own little social bubble up to six people. And they are so much fun. So a lot of our restaurants have done that and they're going to keep them in the summertime. And what a fun way that's to cool. to dine here. So I think we're going to, Stay that way. You know, like I I always kid, like we became a state in 1959 and social distancing was what we do well here. So (laughs) (laughs) there's there's no problem with that. So we are the top state Uh of being vaccinated too. So a lot of us are vaccinated, which is also helping keep our employees safe and ready to welcome those that are willing to come here. Yeah. There's also, you know, who knows, but there's been talk about those that can't get the vaccine is possibly even doing it where we get the Johnson and Johnson one shot where Hey, come up here to get your shot. Spend like five days exploring, you know, Anchorage and South Central, and go back home safe. You never know, so watch out for that. That could happen.
2: That's great. Yeah, yeah. I I was able to get to Johnson Johnson. I tell you, I'm, I'm I'm thankful for any of the vaccines, but it sure was nice to just go in and be done with that one thing. So, you know, okay. So Rob and I like to get into the minds of the locals, you know, because it would be just like one of us to go in and, and look exactly like a tourist and say the wrong <laughs> things. Like, you know, back in the Florida Kiki show, we had a big discussion about a word. What was the word, Rob? Uh, conch. Was it conch? We talked about conch, right?
0: Yes. Do not say conch. And you have to say
2: it conch, <laughs> but we always say conch here. So, you know, things like that are, and they've, some places have told us what not to wear that kind of thing. So what kind of information can you give us that the locals would know?
1: Sure. That's a great question. Talk about pronouncing like cities. I think that's where we always know when you're not from here, is how you say some of the cities here in Alaska. So Uh, the biggest one we've got to make sure is is Mount Denali and not Mount McKinley anymore. So that changed. So mm. um, a lot of people still call it Mount McKinley, but is officially Mount Denali, which means the great one, which is our largest uh, peak in North America that you can see from Denali National Park. And did you know you could actually see Denali from downtown Anchorage? Oh, wow. A lot of people think they have to go to Denali to see it. You can actually, on a clear day, see Denali right from downtown Anchorage, which is really cool. I always say we don't have billboards here, but if you get Denali on a clear day, that's the best billboard you'll ever see. And then some of the other cities, such as it's Seward and Kenai, there's Talkeetna, and a lot of people like to say Valdez, but it's Valdez. And then Alieska, which is our big okay. uh, ski resort in Girdwood, which is Aliesca So a lot of people say Kenai instead of Kenai, Seaward instead of Seward, Talkeetna, they just mumble it all up. <laughs> so those are some fun, just easy ways to say those names. And then also the <laughs> for the summertime, you'll be surprised, packed shorts were warmer than you expect. I know you guys talk about mm. Florida, <laughs> I, of course you know the pack shorts, but There's so many people that had no idea they should pack shorts if they come here in June, July, or August. We can get up to 80 degrees, and it's a pretty intense heat because we have all that midnight sun, right? Right. And we don't have air conditioning. So when I say in 80 degrees, it gets warm here. So uh, so us Alaskans, we'll put on shorts if it's 40 or above. But in the summertime, you'll definitely need some shorts. So pack some shorts and always dress in layers. One day it can be 65. The next day will be 85, and it is intense. And it's out for twenty two hours. So it's love but it's lovely. I always said there's never bad weather, and it's just bad clothing, right? Right. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> and talk- then I always get a kick at oh go ahead. Now,
0: I was just gonna say you talked about uh, pronouncing the cities. I went to uh, school with someone from Wasilla. I could not pronounce that for my four years of undergrad. I don't know what was the problem, but I, I mean I just said it so it didn't seem like it'd be that much of a of a difficulty, but it was surely was. I could not never say Wasilla.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. We, that's a big time you know someone's from not here when they pronounce some of our cities. It's, it's guaranteed they're going to say it wrong. <laughs> Another funny thing is bear spray. You know, so if you're out on one of our many hiking trails, because we have over 135 multi-use trails just in and around Anchorage area. So we always say just bring bear sprays because, you know, we share the land with the animal. We have moose, we have bears, we have eagles, we have, you know, wolves. But. There's everyone that when they look at bear spray, they think they spray it on themselves like a bug spray, <laughs> and I can make, I can guarantee, please do not do that oh, because <laughs> you will be miserable. We'll give you your bug spray for the mosquitoes, but have your bear spray is to be shot at the bears. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, Tia, this is this has
0: been fantastic, and I know Danny and I were both wanting to make a visit to Alaska before, yeah, even absolutely. more so now. So we appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show with us.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having me. And you've got to come to the yeah.
0: thank you so the
1: much. last frontier, the 49th states, this beautiful Anchorage, Alaska. So we'll see you here.
0: All right, thank you so much. We'll do it.
1: All right, thanks.
0: Friends, now is a great time to book your next family vacation, be it to Alaska or wherever. Even if you're wanting to wait a little bit to travel, even into the year 2022. As a certified travel agent, I would love to help you in planning your next vacation with your family. My services are always free to my clients. Just drop me a line at rjones at starstufftravel.com and let's start planning your family vacation
2: today. Join us next week as we take a look at Hawaii, a place on most people's bucket list for sure. The Islands of Aloha on the next episode of The Family Vacationer, and you won't want to miss the show. Till next time.
1: Thank you for listening to The Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Robin and Danny.